Enjoy. Hello and welcome to this week's Independent Music Podcast. Ten of the best new tracks each week, hosted by me, Anthony Chalmers. And me, Gareth Main. We can really feel like we're here. You can see that we are... Uh... We can really feel like we're here. I was looking through, and there was this firefly that was going all around the room. And I held out my finger, and the firefly landed on my finger. We can really feel like we're here. And the crazy thing was that I felt it. Is he okay? You can get the feeling that you're really in a place. You can get the feeling that he's not allowed to move. If he's not moving. You're recording. Yeah, I mean this street Maybe. is completely flooded. Yeah. Can you can you guys see this behind me? I mean this is. Hi mom. And this is what it's it looks crazy, like. It's crazy to feel like you're in the middle of it. The crazy thing was we can really feel like we're here. just thought you were feeling exactly. We are actually going to verify every single experience. Exactly. I have no feelings with my finger. I had an accident. Is it okay? I had an accident. A portal of sorts, but one that you never leave. Reporting from the entire head. I was looking through. It just looked realer. Hi, Mom. not allowed to move he's not moving but his intentionality is being captured over there exactly powerful enough to run any experience you want i felt it uncontrollable muscle movements which may be permanent yeah we can really feel like we're here it feels like we're, we're really here it's obviously a tough place to get to now and a lot of people are really suffering with the aftermath of the hurricanes She's reaching in and just about to kiss me. <laughs> because there'll be nothing out there anymore. <laughs> or worse. Oh, that's the end of the demo. You good now? Yeah. Yeah. Okay, it's okay. I'm okay. You good, man? Yeah. What would you say if somebody got this on video? Hello and welcome to this week's episode of the Independent Music Podcast. We started off with the magnificently odd sounds of negative land. We can really feel like we're here, is the name of the song, and the world will decide, is the name of that. I love their album, True False, that came out last year. We played it on the pod, at least one song. And uh, this one just sort of came along, caught me by surprise. The previous album was their first album in over 20 years. So they got the bug and they want to do another one. And I think, if anything, it's even better. I think it's absolutely brilliant. Yeah, they're one of those sort of collage artists, aren't they? Just uh, stitching lots of things together, none of their own instruments as far as I'm aware. 
Exactly. That it is collage, but I think there is like some of their own electronics and bits and bobs in there. But yes, you are right. Primarily samples, cut and paste and stuff. I brought them over to London for a live show last year. And yeah, it also had amazing visuals. Also the sort of cut and paste. It looks like it's just like someone with a laptop. But if you look at the sort of visuals table, you can see it's actually this lady who's like being passed lots of different pieces of card that are going over the light and stuff. And I was like, hang on a minute, look at that. There's someone actually like physically doing this stuff. I can't remember who it was I saw, but I'm pretty certain it was one of your shows. I think it was the oscillation. At the, it was definitely at the Lexington where the visuals person was like playing with paint on a projector. Absolutely. Yeah. There's uh, two visuals people that could have been, one called Julian and one called Chris Tomset, who both have those sort of old school 60s, 70s sort of like acid bits of liquid psychedelic effects uh, visual things. Yeah. Really great. Yeah. But um, the... At Negative Land, I always mistake for People Like Us, who is another collage artist. Uh, Vic- supported on one of the shows we did. Oh, is that right? Uh, Vicky Bennett. So. Yeah, Vicky supported uh, People Like Us on one of the two Negative Land shows. They did two nights and I was there for one of them. And ah. she supported on that one. And she was brilliant. Yeah, it had a big retrospective on Discrepant a couple of years back, if I remember correctly. Nice. I, I must admit, I, I wasn't totally aware of who she was before the band asked for her to support. And then I <laughs> listened to it, met her, and I was like, yeah, wow, that's great. I think what's funny about that is that I probably played people like us on the podcast before predating that, because I'm obviously a big <laughs> fan of Discrepant Records and everything that they do. So it was probably on the pod prior to that. I don't think she was in the Funkathon disco special. No, certainly not. <laughs> so I think all those words are too common, unfortunately. I think I need to put it in brackets. <laughs> you are completely correct. You played people like us on the podcast 136 in 2017. There you go. See, it's uh, always ahead of the curve and uh, eminently forgettable <laughs> as my life is. But it's like we might have popping up the, about something about podcast number nine as well. But I think, oh, it is. There we go. You played it on podcast number nine. Wow. Naked little girl, people like us and wobbly. Well, yeah, I don't remember that one. It was the other one you mentioned I remember. I don't remember playing it. 21st of June, 2010. Fuck you. Wow. That is incredible. (laughs) There we go. Don't say we don't just repeat stuff all the time. Would you like me to play something from South America or something gnarly from Leeds? I have the uh, Bogota, Colombia one open in front of me, so... Ooh, let's go for that one. Uh, well, that's mm, yes, that is the oh, one. Is that not the South American one? No, is I have two South American ones. I've got okay. something from Colombia and I've got something from Peru. But I am going to play this absolutely fantastic record. It's from a band called Agropachion Chango, and this album actually came out back in June. But I stumbled across it in the past week and really loved it. And it's always a great excuse to play anything from Bogota that isn't related to Chapami El Dedo and Meridian Brothers and the rest. I'm confused, Gareth. I didn't realise there was anything else. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> there, there is more music in Bogota and this is absolutely fantastic. The album that this is from is called Bereju and this track is called Aroy Aroa. <laughs>
that you have it worth the wait of nearly six months since it actually came out. It is the sounds of Agrupacion Chango, and the track is called Arroya Roa, taken from their album called Bereju. I mean, apologies to all and every Spanish speaker. Considering how few elements were in the song, you know, essentially drumming and singing, it's like incredibly driving and I could see people dancing to that. That should be on the podcast bingo cards is like, <laughs> I could put that down in a club. I could drop yeah, that could, in the club. Could, people could dance to that. If I reckon so. <laughs> Uh, no, it's fantastic, isn't it? The whole record is absolutely sublime. It's released on a label that was new to me called Lorona Records out of Bogota in Colombia. As I mentioned. just checked, never before played on the podcast. No, like uh, completely new to me, not even followed by me on Bandcamp until this week. And that is, I think I probably follow more things on Bandcamp than there are things <laughs> on Bandcamp. Yeah, because some of them are not active anymore. <laughs> Thousands. Exactly right. So... Yeah, I like the kind of compilation here, Colombian Music Powerhouses, Volume 3. And I was like, October 2020, I was like, you perk my interest, Lorona Records. Yeah, they've got a couple of compilations in the back catalogue that I haven't checked out yet, but they've got an early like Colombian hip-hop one as well, which was like their first or second release, which I need to go check out. Like a compilation of older Colombian hip-hop? It is an old compilation of what I believe is contemporary, but I haven't explored it. I see. That sounds very intriguing. Yeah, and as with a lot of these things that don't have an English press release, there's very little I can actually figure out about the artist. It's, uh, as far as I can tell, it's a project of, a, of someone called Wisman Tenorio Arboleda, and it says here in Google Translate, has been investigating and disseminating the traditional music of the region of the Nerino coastline for 16 years, preserving the identity of its ancestors, the airs, variants, and jungle rhythms of its heritage based on spirituality, mysticism, and orality that have been transmitted from generation to generation. It's actually quite a good job by Google Translate. Yeah, I was going to say, I, I do, obviously I can't tell whether it's the right words, but it makes total sense to me and seems to describe the music. Yeah, and what I was reminded of when I first listened to that track was Elsa Suarez, because the mm. vocal, very similar sounding. That is very interesting. I was sent a record from a friend featuring one of the people that's in Elsa Suarez's band, like sort of the, that younger guys. I, I can't remember the name of the band that they're in now, but they were the whole backing band for Women at the End of the World and her stuff since then. And he was like, this uh, solo record is one of my favorites of the year. And I listened to a couple of tracks and I did like it, but it wasn't, it didn't, it didn't blow my mind. He um, said the lyrics were amazing, but they're in Portuguese. <laughs> I'm going to make a call and say I've played this on the podcast. Yeah, Gav, you are completely correct. I have it. You have played it here. 4th of May, 2020, Kiko Dinucci. Oh, it's actually someone else I was thinking of. Tiago Nassif was who I was thinking of. <laughs> uh, so many well, people. Well, the guy that he sent me here is Kiko Dinucci, and it looks like we have played him on the pod. Wow. <laughs> that's that's hilarious. But no, Tiago Nassif was who I played earlier in the year, but released on Gearbox Records. It'd be funny if records. it was me who played it, but it's not. It's one after a track by Sam Barton. Yeah. And I'm going to reckon that was probably me. But yeah, so Mente by Tiago Nassif. Also, it, definitely on one of my records of the year. came out back in January, I think. But I talked about Elsa Suarez as well, because if you haven't heard her music before, talking to you, dear listener, now, not just me and Anthony rabbiting on about other stuff, the record Amulado Fim Mundo, or, or The Woman of the End of the World, is an absolute classic. I think if I was to have a list of my top 10 records ever, it could creep into that. Top 50, definitely. Wow, that is extremely high words. It was 100% 
one of my favorite albums of the year and it would certainly get into like one of my favorite albums of the decade so like maybe you're right you know eventually if it's the top of all the lists it's got to just get in there got and i've listened there. to it a ton as well exactly it's one of those ones i've come back to fairly often also last thing on elsa suarez she apparently according to her wikipedia she was named singer of the millennium along with tina turner by the bbc Wow, they, they look quite similar as well. They, they have a look, the, the singers of the millennium. That's certainly true. Anyway, let's play some music. Okay, I want to play you a track from Vapor Theories. It's a, a project of the two guitarists of Bardo Pond, their brothers John and Michael Gibbons. Bardo Pond are one of my absolute favourite bands of all time. They're a band I've had the joy of promoting in London many, many times. And yet yeah, they are absolutely amazing. So I don't know exactly what's happened here, but I'm guessing that Different members live in different parts of America, but the two brothers live in the same town. And due to uh, corona restrictions, they're just like, fuck it, let's do a record. And it definitely sounds like it's the guitarist in Bardo Pond. You know, it's not pushing the boat stylistically too far away from what they normally do. But what they normally do is incredibly good. So Vapor Theories is the band. Breaking Down the Portals of Hell is the track.
There we go. That was the sounds of Vapor Theories and the excellently titled Breaking Down Brackets, The Portals of Hell. Yeah, like in the title, liking how early in the show we're getting the sludgy rock out as well into, into <laughs> that. Yeah, that is uh, coming out on the 26th of February on Fire Records, who released Bardo Pond normally. They did an album together 15 years ago and did one split record six years ago. But this is the first since then. If you're new to Bardo Pond, Bardo Pond are one of the great sort of sludgy psychedelic rock bands ever. Really. They've been going since uh, early noughties, late 90s. It says on my Discogs that I have four of their albums. I'm trying to think which ones they are, but of the sort of recent ones, Peace on Venus is absolutely brilliant. Uh, that's definitely the one that I've listened to the most. In 2015, they released one called Is There a Heaven? And they also did one on a God Unknown Records. Loads of splits as well. Just I'm looking through their Discogs now. It's like three pages of it. It's like, how many fucking albums could have they done? But no. Must have loads of sevens, yeah. Yeah, loads of sevens, loads of splits. I've got a split 10-inch with Mogwai here, split with... um. Kinski with Carlton Melton with Kogumaza. Yeah, all sorts of stuff. Yeah, definitely. You you cannot go wrong with deep diving into the sounds of Bardo Pond. Yeah, I think we should also give a bit of a shout to Fire Records as well. Like uh, a label we play fairly often, but you know, you just look at their recent, well, just a handful of their releases, right? You've got Bridget Maypower, Black Lips, Jane Weaver, and uh, Fatan Kanan none of them sound anything like Bardo Pond. <laughs> that is definitely true. Along with the uh, sort of experimental electronica, folky stuff, they also exactly do like actual trad folk as well. I could, I could be wrong with Shirley Collins there. They did. I'm, not, I'm completely correct. It's released on Earth Records, which is a subsidiary of Fire. Fantastic. And where should we go from here? Grindcore or violin music? Uh, get in the grind. All right. Okay. So... This is from a band called Sulk. I didn't know there was a more sort of popular band called Sulk before Anthony went, oh, I've heard them. I'm not really into Sulk. But it turns out it's a completely different one because this is their first record. But And if you're older than that, there was another more popular Sulk in the early 80s as well. So, so they're sort of decreasing in levels of popularity. The more times... <laughs> well, you never know. Maybe this Sulk is going to you know, burn its way up the charts to be the most popular Sulk. Well, we'll see. Either way, they're Unlikely. not... Uh, it's well, on one minute grindcore. Yeah, one minute, 10 seconds. I think this is the opus from the record, to be <laughs> honest. Uh, this is the piece de resistance. They're a three-piece band from Leeds. Just absolutely cracking record this is. It's uh, called Tennis Elbow, and this track is called Pee Wee Gurnman.
podcast made me chuckle. The, the title first made me chuckle, so I was off to like a sort of laughing start. And then some of the sounds in that song also made me chuckle. Yeah, I don't know about you, but I think that could have gone on for another four or five minutes and I'd been happy. <laughs> but it is The Sounds of Sulk, a track called Pee Wee Gunman, which it took me about four or five listens before I actually realised it wasn't Gunman in the blur. But it features De Man who I'm not aware of personally. But um, yeah, like I say, the album is called Tennis Elbow. And as far as I can tell, it is their first record as well. Not a huge amount more to say about them, but they did also appear on a series of compilations, which is by uh, Rage Rage Against the Dying of the Hungry. They've released four compilations in November to raise money for the Trussell Trust, which is a food bank organization here in the UK. These compilations are absolutely mammoth and have a lot of heavy music like you just heard. A lot of bands I don't know, but one I do know is Cattle that appeared on one of them. Absolutely fabulous band, also from Leeds. And yeah, a couple of names such as Bong Cauldron, Death Mace and Fuck Shop. They stood out as favourites to me. Yeah, I definitely think that I have some friends from Leeds who are probably in that band slash something to do with that band. The singer from Cattle was in a grindcore band that I have seen live and asked me for shows, but I can't remember what it is. Could potentially be that one. But uh, there's definitely there's a lot of good heavy music from up there. Yeah, well, if he's called Rich, Adam or Flid, they are the three members of Sulk, according to their Bandcamp page, which is sulkgrind.bandcamp.com. I should also actually point out that the food bank compilations, hungercompuk.bandcamp.com is where you go if you want to check those compilations out and donate money for a phenomenal cause, essentially making up for a lot of this government's shortcomings and get some great music off the back of it. Yeah, nice. I have regularly worked in the Trussell-funded food bank over the last six months until they didn't need my services anymore. So, But um, that's cool. They're, they're getting by and they do an excellent job providing food to lots of needy people. For sure. We're recording this on Wednesday, so um, you will have, by the time you get this on Monday, our patrons will have enjoyed our modern classical themed patron-only live show, which was going to be tomorrow. So I hope you like that very much. And I've definitely got some music in this show that uh, would sort of keep on theme for that. So if you enjoyed the show, it's got some more music to think about. And I was definitely like, oh, I'm not sure about the subject, whether, you know, obviously there's loads of great music, but will he be as good as some of our other live shows? By the time we put the songs together, man, I'm pumped. I think the music's as good as anything we've ever put together on the live shows. Yeah, and if you have never been to a podcast live show because you're not a patron, or even if you are a patron, we are planning on doing a free-for-all, or we might do a donation or something along those lines on, did we say the 29th of December? Yeah, exactly. Something like that. Yeah, date to be confirmed. But if you go to Eventbrite, search independent music podcast, that will give me a kick up the arse to actually get it up and live by Monday by the time this goes out. Don't know what we'll do for it, but probably have more details this time next week. But yeah, there will be a cap on tickets because apparently my company Zoom account has uh, limits to how many people can actually join one. So the sooner the better in terms of getting registered for that. Nice. So well, what I want to play you is an artist called Miri. This popped up just on my feed via something on the Quietus. And it's uh, just like one of those nice stories about someone finding some old uh, recordings. It says just here, 30 years ago, Edinburgh-based musician Tom Fraser was helping with the house clearance after his grandfather's death and found an old scratch Transco record left on the street. He took it home and sat on the shelf for years until one day after lockdown, he gave it a play and a whole new world opened up to him. The music of his great auntie Miri. Um, I'm going to play it for you first. 
And then I'm going to talk about it a bit more afterwards because I think that'd be sort of quite nice. This is a study in B flat minor by Miri. There we go. That is the sounds of Miri, wonderful, scratchy piano music. So essentially, that is Tom. She was his great aunt, so whatever relationship that makes, great nephew, sort of reworking and remixing her composition so you can hear her piano playing there, along with uh, some newer sounds that they've put in there. So essentially, she was uh, worked her entire life as a carer, basically, uh, first for her own parents and then yeah, as a job for an elderly couple. And yeah, never really got a chance to do any music and sort of trying to explore getting her music out there and you know what it means to be an artist, what it means to be a musician and stuff like that in times when you know getting that music out is just not a feasible thing for you. So is that some sort of release or some sort of album on a label? Absolutely. It's, there's a seven inch coming out on Dinked Editions and a full album is going to be coming in February with that. And that's all be helped being put together by uh, Kirsten McNish, who's just an awesome, weird music sound type. I've seen her do some lectures on some bits. And she's yeah, generally always um, on the fringes of sort of odd musical sounds. Yeah, it's uh, curious because it says here in the notes as well that the project is Tom Fraser and Simon Tong. As well as Simon Tong, obviously, absolutely massively famous as part of The Verve and Good, the Bad and the Queen. And uh, what was the other? Erland and the Carnival. 
<laughs> and God, what else was he in? Loads it says here, the Magnetic North, but I don't really know who they are. Apparently Simon Tong's his brother-in-law, so oh. that, that helps. That makes sense. Well, I'm sure he's got that, uh, <laughs> you know, that bit, well, I was going to say that bittersweet symphony money, but uh, the verb got zero <laughs> yeah, money. That, for that. Yeah, nothing I was going to say. All of that went to, who is it, the Rolling Stones? It was the Rolling Stones, <laughs> yeah. Mick Jagger and Keith Richards have all of that money. <laughs> As if they don't have enough, the bastards. I mean, I'm sure Urban Hymns and the Drugs Don't Work did the verve a solid anyway. <laughs> that is the, that, I'd still be annoyed. <laughs> well, it is by far and away their biggest song. I'm sure actually... I don't know if I made this up, but I'm sure the rights have sort of reverted back to them. And so the, the Richard Ashcroft and the, and the boys might be getting paid now. But uh, yeah. Now uh, when, when it's never getting played anymore. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But I'm sure US college radio is rampant with it. <laughs> yeah. So all coming on Dinked Edition Records, a seven inch later this year album next year. So I'm going to play some music now that is from German, uh, well, certainly Berlin-based, I think he's German, uh, violinist Alex Stoltz. This is also quite related, and I make a reference to this record in the Modern Classical Patrons show as well, because he was a member of Solo Collective with Anne Muller, whose track number two I played on the show. He's got an album that's coming out on the 4th of December called Kinship Stories. It's through his own non-a-star record label, and this track is called Horses and Acres. Countryside graces
me and Gareth were on the chat while that was on, and Gareth was just like, intro sounds like it should be a grime song. And I'm like, sounds like Jubilee Bells to me. It sounds like The Exorcist. Uh, yeah, imagine if there'd been a proper grime MC kicking in on that. I think that's, I reckon you could send the version of that to some MCs and get some proper fire back. Get someone to get some bars on that. Yeah, but in the meantime, we've got the wonderful sounds of Alex Stoltz, Horses and Acres, name of the track. We were also chatting a bit more about Richard Ashcroft, and uh, <laughs> apparently I was correct that last year they reverted the rights back to the Verve, but also it's quite funny on the Wikipedia because there's a load of quotes that various people have had keith richards in 1999 if the verve can write a better song they can keep the money which i thought was quite funny and (laughs) andrew oldham also in the same year andrew oldham who was the one of the managers of the The rolling stones who also then sued in 99 to get some royalties from it he said as for richard ashcroft well i don't know how an artist can be severely damaged by that experience songwriters have learned to call songs their children and he thinks he wrote something he didn't i hope he's got over it it takes a while <laughs> sounds like some lovely lovely people I know, they what, sound a, like... oh, what a warm and fuzzy thank fuck i work in like independent music full of like really nice people not a shower of entitled cunts yeah exactly <laughs> yeah so quite funny but for now, completely unrelated, Alex Stoltz, his album is called Kinship Stories. It's released on Nano Star Records, which is, yeah, like I say, it is his record label, but has put out other records, uh, Solo Corrective, uh, Crowler, uh, Ben Osborne, a few other people. And not much more to say apart from his violin is actually a custom-made electroacoustic five-string violin, uh, which is quite Better unusual. than four. That's not true with bass guitars. No, for sure. But um, yeah, fabulous. I want to play you a track from a band from Porto. They are called Losers with a double O, Losers. I guess I don't know. I guess it's supposed to be a bit of a play on words. There's a bit of a cult band from Porto, been going for a long while. I've got one album from them here, but I think they've got one before that released on our favourites, Lovers and Lollipops. The album is called Kill Screen. I'm going to play you the opening track from it called Throbbing. Oh, God damn it. Yeah. 
we go. That is the sound of losers, losers. I don't know. I'm guessing it's just losers, but they are from Porto. The album is called Kill Screen. We just played the excellent opening track, Throbbing. I don't really know too much about the band, to be honest. The record I have from them is the excellently titled Hot Jesus from 2013, which I think is a, a fantastic album title. <laughs> and I know that a lot of my friends uh, from Porto rate them very highly. Yeah, it's really enjoyable. Big fan of the uh, album artwork as well. Yeah, exactly. It's great. Well, it's out now. came out a couple of weeks ago, actually. And that's up on Lovers and Lollipops. So if you just go on loversandlollipops.net, you can get on their band camp where you can buy that. And also the excellent sort of, I uh, can't remember her name exactly now, but the Turkish uh, lady who's in Porto releasing this sort of the avant folk experimental we played a week or two ago. Hey, cool. Looking forward to getting back to Portugal at some point. Uh, wonderful part of the world. Had a Zoom with uh, Marcio from the label a couple of weeks back, or even last week. And uh, yeah, it made me want to come and visit as soon as possible. I'm going to play some music from Peru. Speaking of places, actually, I was meant to be visiting, but uh, haven't. This record label, Buh Records, is uh, uh, new to me as well. Came across it via a South American uh, Facebook group that I... Uh, I already of... follow Buh Records. Yeah, well, there you go. Maybe it's one that you've played on the podcast that I have forgotten. Yeah, we never have played them on the podcast. Oh, no, no. I know why I follow it. I know I follow it because my friend Igor Cavalera sent me uh, something from the label just a couple of weeks ago, and I thought it was really good, and then just fucking forgot about it. But I was like, I'm going to give that label a follow so I remember. Oh, well, uh, that's uh, very coincidental, for sure. Yes, this release here, Paracas Ritual. Okay, well, that is not the one that I have. I have uh, Varsovia as the name of the three-piece. Uh, so it seems like they're on hiatus since 2018, but this is just coming out uh, this week. The record is called Decena y Destroyer, uh, which means design and destroy. I've written here, Peruvian computer game slash 8-bit cold wave. I'm in. Okay. You've, you've got me. You should write press releases. Uh, no yeah. more blurb, just one line. Everything would be brilliant. Brilliant. This is amazing. This is fantastic. You know, <laughs> you know that would be useless. At it. Anyway, this track is called Hablemos Claramente. Central de la segunda independencia. 
tomar ese camino. There you go, Sounds of Varsovia, track is called Hablemos Claramente, it's from uh, Disenai Distria, uh, which is from Burr Records out of Lima in Peru. Yeah, it's funny how that sort of both came on our laps, newly different releases from the same label in the same week. The promotion's working, Burr Records. Uh, so, I mean, I don't even know. Yeah, no, I do, I do know how I came across it, it was uh, through Facebook, uh, but the... It's uh, nice that Igor is into it as well. Uh, definitely, if you haven't listened to Igor Cavalera's uh, mix for us that he did right at the start of the first lockdown, so what, in April, May sort of time, do, I would urge you to go check that out because it is fab. Yeah, he is excellent. He covered my NTS radio show for a number of months when I didn't have a sort of decent home recording setup, and he nailed it every time. Yeah, so, um, yeah, just a little bit more about the band. Like I said before, they're a three-piece. This is their second record. Between the first record and the second one, they did change their vocalist. The first record is called uh, Recursos Inhumanos, which means Inhumane Resources, came out in 2014. So a bit of a gap between the two. Nice. Going to play you a track from uh, an artist that you probably all know, because it's someone we've played on the podcast a number of times before. It is the magnificent Gazelle Twin. She has a new collaboration with the New Cross Choir. It's like, a, I think, a 10-mod-piece choir from here in South London. I believe it's all, all female. I saw them play at the Queen Elizabeth Hall doing this show that you're hearing the record from, and it was excellent, and they've decided to release a full-length album of it. Oh, the two of us were at that show. So we were. It's very enjoyable. <laughs> exactly. And it's so uh, basically... If you enjoyed Elizabeth's last record, uh, Pastoral, exploring her, essentially her move to rural England and how she felt about the sort of total change in environment and atmosphere. And I'd say this, while being musically completely different, definitely follows the same themes. It's called Deep England is the name of the album, and it's going to be released on uh, the New Cross Collective's uh, own label, New Cross Collective Records. And this is the first track they've released from it. It's called Fire Leap.
much better than my day. <laughs>